Welcome back to Inside Four Walls. I'm your host, James Madison, and I'd like to briefly touch on both an absence and a bunch of re-uploads I had to do recently. So my absence, I was just busy over the week. Uh, again, I'm still doing behind-the-scenes work with uh, convoy-related things. Uh, again, I'm not allowed to discuss what I'm doing. It's behind an NDA. Um... It can be huge, all right? It it, it will come out in due time. But for now, you have to take my word for it. It's behind lock and key. And even I am in the dark about a lot of what I'm taking part of right now. It's all journalistic in nature. There is no sketchiness to it. It's just, it's a, I've said too much anyway. Moving on. Now, as for the re-uploads, I am, well, I got a update that on three platforms, I had a bunch of episodes get deleted. Now, I do not sadly have all these episodes on backup, but the ones I could quickly find and upload, I have re-uploaded. And in the coming days, I'll be doing more re-uploading. If I get taken down from, say, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, and Spotify, not saying those are the three, wink, wink, nudge, nudge, clank, clank, then I was never meant to be on those platforms. I'm not doing the podcast to grow numbers. It's a nice reward for doing the hard work of putting stuff together, editing it, traveling, whatnot. But my core, at my core, my interest is in giving news and analysis to the masses. Uh, Right now, the podcast audience is in the 500 region of uh, active members. I again, I do not mind. I do not do this for I do not do this for fame or wealth or anything. That's why most of my content, my face isn't even out there. It's usually just this. It is audio being recorded. Now as time goes on, I will have more and more of my face in my content. But, you know, as I said, my my goal isn't to blow up overnight and have a fucking daily wire size mansion. That's not my interest. I prefer to have a hardworking job. I prefer to stay on the ground and work. And the bigger I get, the less on-the-ground coverage I can actually do safely. So, again, I'm not on any fast track to get my numbers up. That being said, I do have plans for this channel. I do have plans for my YouTube, my Twitter, my Getter. I I have plans for all these accounts. Uh, granted, my Twitter, for the time being, is largely just a shit post. And shout out to your boy. I got my first six-day ban, and I've only had my account for three days. I, uh, I'll condense it down to hose mad uh, people who are all free speech reporting me for saying some stuff. Which I find funny, because what I said was, it's spelled C-U-N-T, not C-U-N hashtag T. And I was correcting the spelling sarcastically of somebody. And then I got banned, which is fine. I don't care. Twitter is my plaything. If I can't play my plaything right now, I'll give it six days and 11 hours. And I'll be back on it fucking around. It's Twitter. Uh, I mean, I do the same thing on my getter. But my getter has an entirely different agenda behind it. Which is, again, it's all, I use social media for my fun. I don't use it for business. I don't care if I get my accounts deleted. I don't really like, care, or respect social media, so I treat it as a plaything. But yeah, it's, uh, my Twitter is James Madison on Twitter. 
uh, my at is inside F-O-U-R walls. So you can follow me on Twitter if you want to see my shenanigans there. Getter is uh, inside four walls on Getter. You can find me there. And my rumble is outside four walls. And the YouTube is inside four walls podcast on YouTube. If you want to keep an eye and see the development of these uh, projects and these channels as they go, feel free. If you don't want to, that's fine as well. I would like to give a shout out to people who've been with this podcast since the beginning of it. Today's date is April 14th, which is the anniversary of the very first episode, the Medication Meditation, in 2018 of this podcast. And it's been uh, it's been quite the road, hasn't it? Um, you guys, uh, you guys have been here since day one. Have put up with a lot of really bad audio, and only in the last year and a half have I started making enough money from the podcast in order to buy better equipment. Granted, it's not a ton of money coming in, but what profits I do get from the podcast do go into getting better equipment. Uh, about. Five months ago, I bought a Yeti Blue microphone. Um, Before that, for about a year and a half, I was using a Snowball, the Blue Snowball microphone. So, you know, uh, my next goal is to get a better camera, and I'm still figuring out some editing software. I was going to use Streamlabs for my YouTube content, but that's not going to work. Uh, Streamlabs and me don't seem to be getting along very well. So I'm, I'm working on what I'm going to be doing with that. I might have to just build my own little bit of, of tech or find some sort of online stuff. I'll figure it out. Um, I guess my, my end goal is to start doing something more akin to like Salty Cracker perhaps, where it's just the podcast, but my face is in the corner. So that's a uh, that's the the goal for this cha- for this podcast. Still have the audio format because you know this is my bread and butter. But I eventually do want to move it to my YouTube, and then I want to move it to my uh, Getter and my Rumble. I don't upload to my Rumble as much as I should or as much as I used to. Uh, I need to get better on that. But that just being said, you know we're going into what twenty eighteen to twenty nineteen, twenty nineteen to twenty twenty, twenty twenty to twenty twenty one, and twenty twenty one to twenty twenty two. We're going on. We just hit four years of podcasting, and I want to thank you guys for being here, uh, sharing the show, liking it, interacting with the polls I used to do. Um, some of you, not all of you, but you know those of you who do follow me to other platforms, I want to say thank you guys for being there. Uh, those who have donated to the show, I appreciate you and your time. It's not necessary by any means to share in the podcast. My ad revenue will pay it back in the end. But I just wanted to give out a, a heartfelt thank you. I I know when I first started, I was a very crass young man who had nothing besides vulgar things to say. I would get high and or drunk every episode, and I would upload it just because I was fucking around. But because of my interactions with you guys, I've started taking everything a lot more seriously. And with that, I think the podcast has improved. With your guys' input and with my experimentation of what I'm going to be doing. So you guys have helped me make the show better. And I thank you for that. Now, enough about this mushy, mashy hubbub. Let's get into today's episode. 
we're going to be talking more about Elon Musk. And then the next episode today will be about the subway shooting. But I want to start off a little bit lighthearted because I have a feeling the subway shooting one will probably leave a bad taste in a lot of people's mouths because of where I'm going with it. But, you know, we'll cross that bridge when we get there. I, I do appreciate you guys' feedback. So, yeah, we're going to be talking about Elon Musk. we got three articles to get into about it. Uh, we're going to do a timeline kind of thing again. We're going to start with the stock purchases, him rejecting the board membership, and this current issue between Elon Musk, Twitter, and a Saudi prince. That's right, folks. A Saudi prince is real, and he's been collecting your money over the years to buy Twitter. That being said, without any further ado, welcome to Inside Four Walls. I'm your humble host, James Madison, and let's get right into it. We head to Forbes for our first story. Elon Musk wants to buy Twitter and take it private. SEC filings reveal by... Oh boy, I'm not going to get your name right. Celidia Ray from Forbes staff. Published April 14th, 2022. And I'm sorry for not getting your name right. Top line. Billionaire and Tesla CEO Elon Musk has offered to buy Twitter to take the company and build it into a platform for free speech. According to a filing made to the U.S. Securities and Exchange Commission Wednesday, a day after he purchased around 9% of the company, and then turned down an offer to join its board. We'll touch on that in a minute. In the SEC filing, Musk says he is offering to buy 100% of Twitter at 54 dollars and 20 cents per share you'll notice 420 is in there other articles are pointed out it's a big fucking pod joke yuck 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 moving on per share in an all cash transaction to take it private musk noted that he believes in twitter's potential to become a free speech platform and serve a key quote societal imperative End quote. Interesting. The Tesla CEO says he is making the current offer after realizing that the company will, quote, neither thrive nor serve this societal imperative in its current form, end quote, arguing that it needs to be taken private. Yeah, go figure. I've just been thinking about how I should have been buying Twitter stock, not Dwack. Musk adds that his offer of per share is his, quote, best and final offer. Mind you, that is an extra 9% value on what it's already selling at. I checked earlier, it's at $50 a share, I believe, is what I saw this morning. But when you look up Twitter, there's like seven things that come up. But Twitter Incorporated was at 49 point something per share. Twitter responded to Musk's move in a press release stating that its board will review the offer and determine its course of action with the best interest of the company and its stockholders in mind. Will you? We'll see. We will see. The price of Twitter stock stood around 51.41 during pre-trade early on Thursday, up more than 10%. Um, 
the lights just flickered in my house. I'm going to give you a heads up. If the stream goes down or the live version of this recording goes down, it is because I lost power, apparently. So let's, uh, let's think about this real quick. If they're really taking into account the shareholders, they will take this deal without a second thought to it. But the new board, or the CEO of Twitter, the guy who took over after uh, Jack Dorsey was kicked out against his will, Agrawl, is, I believe you pronounce his name, he is a ban-happy progressive socialist liberal. Socialist liberal, what a redundant thing to say. But he's a progressive socialist who has been increasingly more ban-happy over the years. Or over the year he's been in power. I believe he took power, what, about nine months ago? So almost a year. He has banned the Babylon Bee, The Onion. More and more conservatives have gotten their accounts banned. Meanwhile, more and more violent people have been being promoted on the platform. Such as various uh, left violent organi- uh, extreme left organizations that are known for going out in black clothing and terrorizing and killing bystanders. Uh... Ant Pifa, I believe its name is. Anyway, they've been being promoted on the platform. Uh, that's something. And now that I'm using Twitter, I get a better way of spying on some of these conversations, and I'm taking notes on them. So the new guy running Twitter is doing a worse job than Jack Dorsey did. Elon Musk, for better or worse, wants to try and make it a free speech platform. For what I'm gathering. Or, as a friend of mine on Twitter pointed out, he could just be trying to collect our data for his uh, Neuralink stuff. That's a scary thought, but, you know, it's out there. It's worth throwing out. It's a little food for thought. I don't think so, but you never know with these people. But let's get right back into the article. $43 billion. That's the approximate valuation of Twitter as per Musk's offer. Which the billionaire notes is a 54% premium over the company's value the day before he began investing in it. If they don't take this deal, they are not giving a fuck about the stockholders. Commenting on Musk's takeover attempt, analysis from Webush Securities said, quote, Musk previously had a 9.2% stake before the filing this morning. And now, ultimately, we believe this soap opera will end with Musk owning Twitter after this aggressive, hostile takeover of the company. And you know what? Oh, by the way, end quote. And you know what? I fully endorse this hostile takeover. It's probably the most capitalistic thing I've ever fucking seen, and I love it. Furthermore, I, I did read the attitude in this article from Forbes of that one. Well, from the Webbush Securities guy. Seems a little upset. And I want to say, for all those people saying, oh, I'm going to leave Twitter because of Elon, you're the same people who are saying, oh, we're going to move to Canada because Trump won in 2016 and you never fucking left, did you? No, you stayed here, sadly. You stayed. So you're not going fucking anywhere. You're going to use your Twitter and you're going to bitch and moan. And Twitter's going to in the long term turn Elon Musk into the new Trump, which would be funny because this motherfucker is definitely going to be bringing Trump back onto the platform, which will just add to the humorous death of True Social. Which, again, no shame in me admitting this. I got fucking swindled and I bought some stock into it and lost a little bit of money on it. 
sold just in time to make back a little bit of my money. Yeah, Dwarf was a fucking station buying Twitter stock, apparently. Now that shit's so expensive, I can't even afford it. Oh, well. Musk offer of $54.24 may be a dig at the SEC, SEC, which had previously pulled him up for indicating that he wanted to take Tesla private at $4.20 per share. At the time, the regulator noted that the $4.20 per stock price offer a per share at the time the regulator noted that the 420 per stock offer a 20% premium on Tesla's stock price at the time was a reference to marijuana and Musk's belief that quote his girlfriend would be amused by it end quote and you know what Elon we're all amused by it and for those who don't know uh I have the ears a little foggy right now because it's been so long since I talked about it, but I believe... Anyway, whenever he went on Joe Rogan, right? The first time. And he smoked that blunt with Joe Rogan. He had just been kicked off of Tesla's board. And... I believe it was Tesla. It may have been SpaceX. But he was kicked off the board. And then, since he was still the very public face of the company, he wanted Joe Rogan got high as fuck and drove all the stock prices down. And then he came back and he bought up like a majority. I believe he bought up 70% of the stock in the company and then brought himself back onto the board. And he reinstated himself as, uh, as like, you know, big head honcho over there. And ever since then, 420 has been his favorite combination of numbers. And he uses it as often as possible. The fucking Mad Lad. And again, I've been very vocal about various concerns and issues I have with Elon Musk. I'm not oh, someone who worships at the shrine of Elon. I just think he's fucking funny. But I do have serious trust issues, which we'll get into at the end of this episode. But for now, let's get back to this article. On a side note... I bet Grimes laughs at just about anything. She looks like a Tim Burton drawing come to life in a Looney Tunes world. Now, last week, Musk disclosed that he had acquired 9.2% stake, later revised to a 9.1% stake, the Twitter worth around $3 billion. The acquisition made Musk a social media company's largest shareholder, prompting its CEO, Harag Rawl, to offer him a seat on Twitter's board. This was a trap. I, uh, I said it in my episode when I first read about this. It was a trap from the beginning. A key caveat of the boardroom seat was Musk would have to agree to acquire no more than 14.9% of the companies, shielding Twitter from a hostile takeover. Musk eventually turned down the offer. The billionaire was reportedly accused Twitter of failing to adhere to free speech principles and undermining democracy. Now, you'll you'll recognize the part where he says undermining democracy, which is something Jack Dorsey and Agrawal and most of these Twitter types were saying Trump was doing for four years. I enjoy watching Elon for this reason. Musk attempt to outline his vision of Twitter as the, quote, free speech platform appears to have had an impact on Truth Social. The Twitter clone backed by former President Tr- Donald Trump, Digital Acquisition Corp., the special purpose acquisition company, SPAC, that plans to take Trump's platform public, 
saw its shares drop by more than 5%. Yeah, try more like almost 9 or 10%. In pre-market trading early on Tuesday, the I sold just in time then. Woo! God damn, I, I fucking in that episode where I was talking about me selling all my dwack. I was like, man, if I don't sell now, I'm never going to get any of my money back. Mmm! Sorry. Get myself up. Can you hear that? Me patting myself on the back. Should have been buying Twitter from the beginning, apparently. But who saw this coming, you know? Let's see. Trump's platform public saw its shares drop more than 5% in pre-market trading early Tuesday. The SPAC has been has seen its value crater significantly in the past month as the self-styled free speech alternative to Twitter failed to gain traction since its launch. Meanwhile, Tesla stock was also down more than 2% in pre-market. Now, uh, on the true social shit, I want to point out they're kind of bullshitting here with that one. The free speech alternative to Twitter failed to gain traction since its launch. Not fucking true. Uh, it launched at fourteen. It launched at ten dollars a share. By the end of the day, it was at fourteen. By the end of the week, it was at ninety something dollars a share. I bought in when it was bought my first share at fourteen. Then I bought some more later on in the day when I had the money moved around because you know I, I use Weeble. There's a, a period of waiting for your money to go in. Instant buying power takes twenty four hours. So when I went back and I bought more, it was twenty four hours later, and the stock price was at thirty something dollars a share. I think it was thirty one dollars and some change a share, and I bought five shares overall. So that is miss fucking leading Forbes. It did gain plenty of traction, and I've touched on this in previous episodes, but I'm gonna touch on it now. The thing that fucking killed Dwack was they brought on an algorithm. They brought on an algorithm. That was supposed to curb... And now, I've said before, I am pro-censorship on one front. Remove any content that harms a child. And I mean child pornography, doxing of... Under, uh, doxing, that kind of shit. Anything that can jeopardize the well-being of a minor needs to be curtailed. That's not information. That's not hurtful words. It's exclusively things like child pornography and doxing on children that bother me. Those are the things that I want to see curtailed. I don't want to see speech from any political topic curtailed. I don't want to see people kicked off the platform for wrong speech and wrong think. But that's just me. Now, however, this algorithm that uh, the people Trump hired brought on went fucking ballistic. It was designed originally just to ban uh, illegal content such as drug sales and uh, inappropriate pictures of minors, stuff like that. It started to delete people from the waiting list that didn't get a chance to make an account. And it started to ban people instantaneously across the platform. It went fucking ballistic. And another thing that that hurt its image is Trump couldn't get approved on Android for the launch. But Apple was more than willing to take True Social on board. Well... That was a red flag from the beginning, because you'll remember Apple and Amazon were the ones that killed Parler. Apple is incredibly hostile towards anything right-wing. So the fact that they would let a a platform which is advertised as being ran and operated by Trump, which it wasn't, True Social was actually... Trump basically just hired a bunch of peons, gave them a couple 
million dollars and said, build, build me a website, make it huge, make it the best thing ever. And they just grifted on his name, probably pocketed most of the money and built this shitty ass website, which was built upon Mastodon. This is another thing I heard of his images. Mastodon was an open source code. And while I don't necessarily have the problem with people using public code and, you know, open coding to build something they take private, it is definitely taboo and shitty to do it's ethically shitty to do but i do not think it should be a crime to do so but it is still a bad image a lot of these type of things combined including people like nick fuentes being instantly blocked from making an account really hurt true social in the long run it started off strong it had like the google glass thing going on where it's like limited only a handful of people have accounts on it now and the rest of you have to wait on a waiting list to make your account. Ooh, fancy VIP shit. It's like when you go by a club and you see a line out the door and you're like, oh, I want to get in. However, it seemed like it was all for show. And after the website failed to launch at various times and it was supposed to, and then it only opened up on Apple, it rubbed literally everybody the wrong fucking way, including myself. And I was somebody who in the early days was celebrating this idea. You know, I, I said from the beginning it should be called trump social just because that's exclusively what it is it's trump talking to people uh i had high hopes for it from the get from the outset i was thinking in the early days of, of it when i was seeing the, the stock price go up after i bought some was you know this is kind of brilliant because what it does it will bring back all these trump supporters onto true social and it's also gonna make journalists make accounts and big major media outlets are gonna have to make accounts so they can see what trump's talking about and report report the news make it news i should say and then Trump proceeded to let idiots like Nunes run and dictate how it was being ran. And it got ran to the fucking ground. Uh, True Social deserves to die and burn in a dumpster somewhere behind like a really shitty store somewhere in the fucking bumfuck nowhere. Uh, Trump has a long history of hiring terrible fucking people. And allowing himself to be grifted on, which is a big reason why he's almost never been my first choice for president. I like the guy. I like the shit he says. I support a lot of the things he did, but ultimately the dude is kind of a fucking idiot. He's a boomer. Technology is not his fucking forte. And he listens to other fucking idiots who told him, don't get on Getter. Don't get on, on Gab. Don't get on Parler. Don't get on Rumble. You know, stay on YouTube and Twitter and you'll be fine. And YouTube, Twitter, and Facebook all banned his shit. And he tried to make from the desk of Donald Trump, which was just like this fucking newsletter he sent out, basically, which was fucking dumb as hell. It, I hopefully want to see Twitter succeed. By the way, that is the end of this article. And uh, Saladia Ray wrote this article. It's on Forbes, and it's the headline is Elon Musk wants to buy Twitter and take it private SEC filings reveal now we're going to wrap this little rant up and move on to the second article for the day's upload we now move on to the next article and a little bit further down the timeline we are going to go read this article which is going to discuss more about Elon Musk reversing his decision to join the board of Twitter. Now, again, like the other article touched on, I want to go a little bit further into. Elon seems to think 
and I, I said this in my first episode, I covered the initial purchasing of uh, the 92 to 9.1% shares of Elon Musk, and I said, a lot of people seem to think he's going to revolutionize the platform, he, he's going to bring Trump back, he's going to make Twitter great again, he's going to say free speech and all that, and I was a little cynical of that, I was like, I don't think he will, I don't think he has the power, I don't think he will do anything like that, if he takes his board position, he's really not going to be able to do it, he's just going to have a, a little bit of a higher voice to yell at and try and get something done. He might add an edit button. He might add something like that. Bring back one or two people that are of like some note. Like maybe like he could get Alex Jones back, but not Trump. But I seem to have been wrong. Happily so. Uh, he said no to the board because the board was like, you have to stop buying at just under 15% uh, of the stock. You have to stop buying at that which would prevent him from owning the majority over time because more and more people would buy into it. And he said, no, that's a trap. I'm not going to do it. And then he left. And now he's trying, now he's actually doing the hostile takeover. And I fucking love it. But let's get into this article. From the New York Post, Elon Musk reverses decision to join Twitter board of directors by Patrick Riley. Published originally April 11th, 2022. Updated April 14th. 2022. Elon Musk has reversed his decision to join Twitter's board of directors after disclosing he owns more than 9% of the social media company. Twitter CEO Parag Rawl said Musk's appointment to the board was to become official on Saturday pending a background check and formal acceptance. Quote, but Elon shared that same morning that he will no longer be joining the board. What Agrawal wrote in a brief message to the company that he tweeted on Sunday. Yes, and today, right about now at 6.55, there is a secret meeting of the Twitter board of directors about what to do about Elon Musk. So I look forward to telling y'all more about this tomorrow. Quote, The board and I had many decisions, many discussions, pardon me, about Elon joining the board and Elon directly. We were excited to collaborate and clear about the risks. We also believe that having Elon as a fiduciary of the company where he, like all board members, has to act in the best interest of the company and our shareholders was the best path forward, he said. And there it is. Because if Elon Musk tweet out something like, you know... Y'all feel like he tweeted out, right? I'm using an example. He tweeted out, like, do you think Twitter is upholding free speech? And a bunch of people said no. It could hurt their stock prices, and shareholders could sue Elon Musk for hurting their bottom line. It is a trap. It was a trap from the beginning, and Elon seems to have caught on to it, which is bad news for the very whiny, progressive, liberal Twitter employees and CEO. And by the way, I would like to remind any Twitter employees listening who don't like Elon every time you log into your account every time you post or share something or do anything on Twitter you're making him money every time somebody uses Twitter they put money in Elon's pocket I want that to sit with you I want you to suffer knowing that everything you do while you work for Twitter use Twitter puts money in Elon's pocket just enjoy that knowledge all you, I don't like him because he's a white male who's rich. All you whiny, hair-dyed fucks. 
I want you to sit there and marinate in the knowledge that you are making Elon Musk a rich, white, African-American rich-er. Moving on. Quote, I believe this is for the best, Abral wrote. Quote, we have and will always value input from our shareholders, whether they are on the board or not. Elon is our biggest shareholder, and we will remain open to his input. Musk has not addressed his decision, but cheekily tweeted a giggling emoji with a hand covering its mouth early Monday. The Tesla and SpaceX CEO was invited to join the board one day after disclosing a 9.2, which we now know is a 9.1% stake in Twitter last Monday, becoming its largest shareholder. We'll look into who is the shareholders in a minute, because that will play a role in our next story. Just days earlier, he publicly trashed the company, which he called, quote, the de facto public town square for, quote, failing to adhere to free speech principle fundamentally undermines democracy, end quote, and mold launching his own social media platform. So on this front, I do want to say, uh, this is me going to do a little bit of uh, right-wing bashing. A lot of conservatives are like, it's a private company, you could do what it wants, but it only applies at certain times. Like, when Twitter, before Elon Musk was trying to make Twitter great again, they were like, they need to adhere to the Constitution. I don't care that they're a private company. They're the public. They're the free speech thing. Da, 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 da. Jack Dorsey's all about censorship. They need to They need to let people on and, and say what they want. I can't believe they censor Trump. And now that Elon's on there, they're like, it's a private company, liberal. You don't like it, get out. I want to say fuck you. Pick a fucking standard and stick to it, you fucking hypocritical fucks. You're on the left and the right, too, you know. I'm just going to be real with y'all on that one. Can't stand that shit. Can't stand that shit. But the left and the right will always trade out terms and and griping for when things do and don't go with what they want. It's just, I need to call it on both fucking sides. I cannot stand that shit. Ooh, that's a crunchy elbow, wasn't it? Just days earlier, he publicly trashed. Oh, I read that. But... I do want to add, Jack Dorsey originally said Twitter is going to be the free speech platform of the free speech party of the free speech movement. And Jack Dorsey became increasingly more and more dictatorial and censorship driven as time went on. Do not gaslight me and try to tell me that Jack Dorsey wasn't pro-censorship. Yeah, he was. Yeah, he fucking was. Yeah, he fucking was. They didn't ban Trump because of January 6th. They used an excuse to ban him because they fucking hated the guy. They didn't ban Alex Jones because of Sandy Hook. They used it as an excuse because they fucking hated the guy. If you believe otherwise, you're entitled to have that belief. But do not sit here gaslighting me, saying, Oh, Jack Dorsey did not like censorship. He did. He fucking did. And if he didn't, he was far too weak to run the company that he helped build. Because he was the co-founder who became CEO. He wasn't the OG developer. The OG developer of Twitter fucking hates it. Moving on. Quote, free speech is essential to a functioning democracy. Do you believe Twitter rigorously adheres to this principle? Musk asked users in a poll on March 28th, in which over 70% of the 2 million voters responded, yes. Mm. I, that was not what the results were, Washington Post, or New York Post. Uh, let's do a quick... Uh, fact check. 
Elon Musk. Twitter poll. Let's see what the results were. I'm going to uh, double check that. Do you want to edit button? Twitter's loading, Twitter's loading. I, I, I believe it was 70% said no. I don't think Twitter adheres to free speech principles. But I might be wrong, that's why I'm gonna do a double check right here. Which is nothing I have to add to the game description. Do you believe, yeah, they fucking lied. I fucking knew it. Fuck you, New York Post. New York Post says, quote, free speech is, well, I'm going to read this again to you. Quote, free speech is essential to a functioning democracy. Do you believe Twitter rig- rigorously adheres to this principle? Musk asked users in a poll on March 28th, in which over 70% of the 2 million voters said yes. They said no, New York Post, you fucking liars. Got it right here. I'll leave a link in the description to it. Free speech is essential to a functioning democracy. Do you believe Twitter rig- rigorously adheres to this principle? 29.6% said yes. 70.4% said no. Do not gaslight me, New York Post. Go fuck yourself. God damn. Sorry. I get, I'm allergic to bullshit. I have this uh, anger reaction to it. Fuck you, New York Post. Let's move on. Musk is the richest person in the world with a fortune of more than $287 billion, according to Forbes. Bought some 73.5 million shares of the company, worth an estimated $2.89 billion, according to the SEC filing. By the way, this article, in the fucking beginning, says it was updated today. The fuck did you update and miss that fucking typo? Or is that on purpose to mislead people? New York Post. That shit is making me so fucking mad. Because people are going to read this and leave thinking, Oh, Elon Musk is, is acting against what the majority of people voted. He clearly doesn't care about the users because most of the users said Twitter is just fine. No, most of the users did not fucking say that. New York Post. This article came out... About five days ago, it was updated today. What the fuck did you update? Because you surely either are personally leaving a lie in your fucking article, New York Post, or you fucking missed it with your updates. I'll let you, the audience at home, decide what the fuck you believe this is. I believe they're purposely lying. Because that's a big fuck up on their part. And even I fucking knew that that was wrong, and I had to double check it. I will leave a link to that fucking tweet in the description of this fucking podcast. It will be the first fucking link. Pardon all the F-bombs. That is fucking bullshit, New York Post. A pothead podcaster should not be more honest and accurate than the fucking New York Post. And yet I am. Makes me fucking sick. The massive purchase may have violated federal law. It didn't. According to financial experts, after the billionaire fled, he filed his disclosure forms. Twitter shares prices stock, stock skyrocketed 30%. Sorry, I'm so mad. I'm, my brain turning into Joe Biden's mind. Whew. Ooh. 
makes me mad. I'm all out of my coffee. That shit makes me so mad. And it did. You want to know, watch this. In the future, you're never going to see him in any sort of federal trouble for this. If worst case scenario, they call his ass into a trial. He sits there and he him and haws. And the old fucking boomers who've been... Over, who's been voted into position because of lazy voters who don't do any of their fucking research, keep electing these Methuselah-ass old congressmen, old senators. So when Elon goes before Congress and explains what he's doing, they're going to sit like, well, I don't know what you're saying, so okay. It's just like when they called in fucking Zuckerberg, the dude who runs Google, and Jack Dorsey testify before Congress, and they said a bunch of made-up bullshit and lied to the face of all these elected officials and got away with it. Because we keep electing old fucks who are too fucking old to understand how to use any of the technology they're trying to fucking regulate. And New York Post is a bunch of fucking liars too. So I take everything I say from this article on with a grain of goddamn salt, apparently. That is fucking disgusting. There is no way they said yes accidentally. No fucking way. No fucking way. We have a tweet here from McGraw-Wall, the Twitter CEO. Elon has decided not to join our board. I sent a brief note to the company, sharing it here with y'all. Team! Elon Musk has decided not to join our board. Here's what I can share about what happened. The board and I had many decisions about, many discussions about Elon joining the board and with Elon directly. We were excited to collaborate and clear about the risks. We also believe that having Elon as a fiduciary of the company, where he, like all board members, has to act in the best interests of the company and to and all of our shareholders, was the best path forward. The board offered him a seat. We announced on Tuesday that Elon would be appointed to the board in, uh, congruent on the background check and formal acceptance. Elon's appointment to the board was to become officially effective on the 9th of this month, but Elon shared that same morning that he will no longer be joining the board. I believe this is for the best. I thought you were so happy to have him. This is for the best. We have and will always value input from our shareholders, whether they are on the board or not. Elon is our biggest shareholder, and we will remain open to his input. I smell salt somewhere. Musk acquisition and appointment to the board divided Twitter employees, with some praising the stock bump and changes. Quote, Daddy Elon could bring the company, uh, could bring to the company by loosening its speech restrictions while others feared the outspoken, brash South African would hurt the social media's restrictions, while others feared the... Sorry. I, uh, I ended up almost rereading the same sentence. Uh, let me touch in on this with a little speculation. The people who are worried about Elon are not worried because of what this just fucking said. They're not worried about hurting stock prices. They are worried about Elon reinstating a certain orange person. That's only one fear, by the way. And a heads up, Twitter has been on decline ever since they banned Trump. Its value started to sink and plummet every day up until about a week ago, it was in the red. 
Twitter has been failing, and I've said multiple times that Twitter is the most expendable of all these big social media platforms. They will throw it under the bus in due time. And it seemed like what they were getting ready to do, and then Elon stepped in. No, you have a bunch of progressive and woke types who don't like Elon, who are terrified of what Elon might do. They don't necessarily know what the sphere is, but they are afraid of it because they don't like Elon. It has nothing to do with these employees being afraid for the fucking board or being afraid for the company losing stock value. If the company losing stock value was a fear from the beginning, they would have addressed it uh, about a year and a half ago when they first banned Trump and the plummet in prices started. But they didn't. Now they're bringing it up because it's just an easier way to say, yeah, and this is why the other side's afraid, without actually addressing why they're afraid. Let's move on. To pacify anxious employees, Musk offered to host an internal, quote, ask me anything, or an AMA. Forum. To answer their questions, Agrawl said the company email sent an email uh, Thursday. It's not clear if Twitter still plans to hold the event with Musk no longer joining the board. Since becoming the company's largest shareholder, Musk has pitched several changes he has been considering to the Twitterverse. The Twitterverse, really? At least it's something better than the Metaverse. Including adding an edit button and charging a $3 a month Twitter blue for users who would receive an official blue checkmark next to their user handle. I like this idea. Uh, the checkmark is stupid, and Twitter has always used the checkmark as a way to say this person is more important than anyone else. That's why you have a bunch of uh, people on the right who are not checkmarked, and a majority of politicians on the left are. It's also why you have various celebrities lose their checkmark status because they share something called wrong think. And that's what the they they use the blue checkmark to signify this person's more important than this person. And it's bullshit. They, they've said, well, it's just to, you know, so you, so you know that it's the real person when there's plenty of people who have verified accounts who are not blue checkmarked. Or they take it away from people. You can Google it. So-and-so loses blue checkmark. Say uh, Google people uh, people losing their blue checkmark on Twitter. You'll see a bunch of articles talking about it. Some of them are more accurate than others. But it's a thing that happens on Twitter. I've been sharing this platform for almost three years now. He also proposed ending advertisements on the site quote and no ads the power of corporations to dictate policy is greatly enhanced if twitter depends on advertising money to survive and quote he tweeted friday evening after he reportedly declined the board position he also suggested friday that twitter is dying noting that its most followed accounts rarely even post on the platform. This is something we've talked about before. He called Justin Bieber the number of or the number two most followed account behind former President Barack Obama for only tweeting once in the past year. Meaning he tweeted once in 2020 and or 2021 and not anything since. His letter, in his letter, Agrawal concluded. That despite distractions, quote, our goal and priorities remain unchanged. The decision we make and how we execute is in our hands, no one else's. He wrote, quote, let's tune out the noise and stay focused on the work and what we're building. That is the end of this article. From the New York Post, 
kind of sketchily written by Patrick Riley, published April 11th, 2022, and updated uh, for some fucking reason, April 14th, 2022, and they still can't get the fucking poll right! But that being said, let's move on to the next article. The last article for this upload comes from today. It was published 39 minutes ago. It's from The Independent. Saudi Prince, who is major Twitter shareholder, rejects Elon Musk's offer to buy the company. Quote, Twitter has extraordinary potential. I will unlock it, Tesla boss said in a letter to the Twitter board by Grameem Massey. In Los Angeles. Oh boy. Los Angeles. Let's see what their bet is. A Saudi prince who is a major Twitter shareholder says he will reject Elon Musk's four point or forty-three billion offer to buy the company. Al Walid bin Tala took to Twitter to say that he was rejecting the entrepreneur's cash offer for the social media platform because it was too low, despite it being higher than what Twitter has been valued at for the last four years. Quote, I don't believe that the proposed offer by Elon Musk of $54.20 billion comes close to the intrinsic value of Twitter, given its growth prospects being one of the largest and long-term shareholders of Twitter. And I reject this offer. The prince runs a Saudi-based holding company, KHC, and he also shares a grab of the 2015 tweet, in which he announces it had increased its stake at Twitter to 5.7%. Mr. Musk, who is the company's largest shareholder with 9.2% stake, not 9.1 correction, stake announced his takeover bid for Twitter in the early hours of Thursday morning. Quote, I am offering to buy 100% of Twitter for 54 20 cents, for $54.20 per share in cash, a 54% premium over the day before I began investing in Twitter, and a 38% premium over the day before my investment was publicly announced, Mr. Musk said in a letter to Twitter board chairman Brett Taylor. Mr. Musk also, or sorry, Mr. Musk, who is, who has a personal wealth of around $260 billion, according to Bloomberg. Bloomberg doesn't get it right very often, by the way. Says that Twitter must go private for the changes he views as necessary to be made. Quote, I invested in Twitter as I believe in its potential to be the platform for free speech around the globe, and I believe free speech is a societal imperative for a functioning democracy, end quote, said Mr. Musk in his letter. Quote, Twitter has extraordinary potential, and I will unlock it, end quote. And he said he, quote, would need to reconsider my position as a shareholder if 
his offer is not accepted. Twitter's board was was reportedly meeting on Thursday to discuss the offer, and the company was holding an all-hands meeting with staff to discuss the situation. Meanwhile, the White House says it has no... Why the fuck do we ask the White House? Meanwhile, the White House says it has no comment on Elon Musk's bid to buy the social media platform. Who the fuck cares? Why'd you ask the White House? This has nothing to do with politics. Not shit to do with politics. Didn't Joe Biden say, well, nice thing about my presidency is I'm not coming on Twitter very often. Alright, so they instantly means it's not a fucking thing to consult the White House about. Why the fuck did the Independent ask the White House for a goddamn thing on this topic? Quote, This is an offer by a private investor, White House Principal Deputy Press Secretary uh, Crane Jane Pierre, told reporters on board Air Force One. Who the fuck cares what the White House thinks or has to say on this topic? Such a random fucking person to ask. Anyway, that brings us to the end of this article. Saudi uh, Prince, who is major Twitter shareholder, rejects Elon Musk's offer to buy the company by Grameem Masi, published just an hour ago now at the end of this reading. And that brings us to the last article of this upload. now we're going to look at one last thing before this episode's over we're over here at investopedia let's look at the top five people who are shareholders in twitter because two and downward are going to be the people that are going to try and challenge elon musk and try to outbuy him so let's prepare ourselves because it's some powerful groups number one elon musk number two Vanguard Incorporated. Vanguard is the second largest stake in Twitter and one of the biggest investment managers globally. Vanguard offers hundreds of mutual funds, EFTs, and retirement products. The company is about $8.1 trillion in assets. That's Vanguard. It's also a very evil, shady organization. Morgan Stanley is the third largest. Morgan Stanley, an investment bank, an asset manager, holds a third largest stake in Twitter with about 80, with about 67 million shares, 8.4% of the total outstanding as the year end of 2021. Morgan Stanley has had $6.5 trillion in client assets as of the same date after acquiring online brokerage E-Trade in 2020 and we're going to look at the last two the fourth one is the one i think we need to keep an eye on it is blackrock blackrock is one of the evilest companies in the world right now they are single-handedly trying to create a whole empire of serfs they want to buy up every house and bit of land they can and rent it out and create a surf class which is kind of funny because that's what the federal government does anyway BlackRock Incorporated, Global Investment Manager, BlackRock Incorporated, BLK on the stock market, which is private, so you can't buy it. Pops up, I don't know. It's weird. Owned 52.1 million shares of Twitter in its many ex- exchange-traded funds and other investment vehicles as of the year end 2021, representing a 6.5% stake in the company. I see BlackRock challenging them. BlackRock is very powerful. They are a... 
one of the owners, the original founder, was found was in China when he founded the company, and the American guy who runs it now is co-owner. They'll, what they'll do is let's say a house goes up for two hundred thousand dollars, they will buy it for six hundred thousand dollars, just so no one else will buy it, and then they'll rent it out for an exorbitant fee. Uh, they largely own things like uh, like a lot of Airbnbs are owned by them, for example. Like they're really nice mansions and shit. Yeah. But they also will buy out like Section 8 housing and make it more so expensive that normal people in Section 8 cannot afford to rent it. They, they, they want to create a surf class and a homeless class. There's deep dives in this company's corruption for years. Anyway, State Street Corp. That's the fifth largest institutional investment service provider, State Corp, STT, which operates the SPDR exchange traded funds as State Street Global Advisors held a 36.4 million Twitter shares in its funds as of year end 2021, representing 4.5% stake in the company. State Street offers a board array of investment, a broad array of investment management services, including securities custody service for institutional clients. The firm is held for $4.1 trillion in investment assets under the management as of quarter 4, 2021. Now that is the last of the last for this episode. I think Elon Musk will probably win. I think this is only the beginning of something that's going to escalate very quickly and will probably get very ugly as time goes on. With that being said, this has been Inside Four Walls. I've been your host, James Madison, and I appreciate you guys for listening. Please share and like the podcast on whatever platform you may be on, and please share it to any platform you may use. That will help the, the show grow exponentially. Uh, we've seen a little bit of a boom in the last couple, like the last month or so for the podcast, and I welcome all the new viewers, and I thank you all the long-time viewers who've been with this podcast since its beginning. That being said, I will catch you guys in the next episode. The next episode will be about the subway shooting. Like I said, it's going to be a downer topic. That's why I want to start with this one. I'll catch you guys later. Peace.